Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Good to see you all. This morning in this message, I want to chat about transformation, change. You see, today, change is something we all have in our lives a lot, especially since COVID. And certainly change is an ongoing part of our daily routines. We changed a lot these last couple of years. You see, life with its constant state of flux in these times demands that we adjust, that we adjust our schedules our, 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 our routines and our plans on a regular basis. So, what I, what I want to say is this. Change in our lives is the new norm, especially since post-COVID. But people's spiritual lives call for more than just a slight change to the calendar, calls for more than just a slight change to our daily routines. You see, our lives are in desperate need of transformation. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it's not up there Josh, so don't worry. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's transformation. That's change. You see, the very heart of the Christian message, the very heart of the Christian faith, revolves around change. But it's not the turning over of a new leaf type of change that I am talking about this morning. It is the living out of a new life. Not the transformation you get when you go to Slimming World or Weight Watchers when you take a a fat flabby body and come back with something beautiful. Like me, here. It's going. I promise you next week I'll be in trunks or something, no? No, maybe not, maybe not. No, someone shouted out, no. I love the story of this woman who lived next door to this preacher. She was really puzzled by his personality change. At home he was shy, required and retiring but he was a a fire and brimstone preacher who was able to rouse the masses in the name of God at church. It was as if he was two different people. One day she asked him about his dramatic transformation that came over him when he was preaching. Ah, he said, that's my alter ego. Good that, good that, yeah. Praise God. Today, I want to talk about being transformed from living at earth level, ground level, 
to living and experiencing life in the heights, on the mountaintops. And you know what, friends? We all love mountaintops, don't we? For those of you who would like a title for this message, buzzards, bats, cockroaches, lily trotters, and people. Today's scripture reading is a famous scripture, one I really like, from the book of Isaiah, and it's Isaiah 40, verse 31, and it says these words, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Buzzards. Have we got a picture of the buzzards? The common buzzard is the most common hawk in the UK. But the American buzzard, and it's called Cathartesdara, uh, something like that. And it's famous for circling dead people or dead animals in deserts. You see it in the Western movies when they're walking through a desert and they see birds circling. That's the American buzzard. Did you know that you can build a six foot by eight foot pen? You can fence it with five foot fences and leave the top wide open, put a buzzard in it, and the buzzard will be imprisoned for life until it dies. Sure, the buzzard could fly out of the top at any time. Sure, it could climb up the fence and fly out, but it won't. Why? Because the buzzard has a habit. When it is going to fly, it runs a few feet and then flies off. So if you restrict the running space, the buzzard will never fly. A small pen makes the buzzard give up. So here's the question for you this morning. Why don't they fly? Bats. Now bats are interesting creatures, aren't they? Did you know that a bat is a mammal? Bats are of the order of Chiroptera, and they are nocturnal of the night. And without realizing, they help humans quite a lot because they eat many of the creepy crawlies and insects that, make, that give us grief, that make us shiver and shake in the night. Bats have wings that are weird. They, have, they are made up of four elongated digits, and they also depend on an, eco, an echolocation system for flight. Because as you know, a bats are blind. But did you know this? A bat cannot take off from a level place. You put a bat on the floor or on a level ground, they just hop round. Hop round in pain and they can't fly. So here's the question for you this morning. Why don't they fly? Cockroaches. Did you know there are some weird, sad people out there that have cockroaches for pets? Cockroaches are of the suborder of Blattodea, and they are mainly, again, nocturnal of the night. A normal cockroach breeds 30 to 48 young every 10 weeks. So one cockroach at the end of the year has multiplied to 250. Isn't that reassuring this morning? 
Isn't that great to know? Not. But did you know this? And this is what I wanted to tell you about this morning. Cockroaches can fly. But thank heavens, cockroaches never fly. They only fly when they have to, like when they are falling off a unit or something. Cockroaches don't use their ability to fly. And I'm so glad here this morning. So here's the question for you this morning. Why don't they fly? Lily trotters. Actophilonis africanus. This is a bird that lives in warm climates like South and Central America, Africa, and in the Far East. It's also known as the lotus bird. And it's a beautiful bird. It walks from lily pad to lily pad, pecking for food in the shallow water. It has absolutely massive feet. I don't know whether you can see them on there. That allow it to walk on the floating vegetation so that they don't sink. Now the lily trotter is also capable of flight. But did you know this? It can soar into heights similar to that of an eagle. Yet most lily trotters spend their whole lives hopping. Hopping from lily pad to lily pad. Generally they will only use their wings very, very occasionally, and then only to fly less than 20 feet. So here's the question for you this morning. Why don't they fly? I think, this morning, I think every Christian loves to think about the ability and the power to fly. I know that I do. To soar into the heights unlike the buzzards, bats, cockroaches, and lily trotters. And even though these days there are loads of people who are afraid of flying, my wife Sue, for example, hates flying. I have never met a Christian who didn't like the idea of flying high in the Holy Spirit. Yes, we all want to be in those heavenly places in God, when we love those times when the, when the glory of Almighty God falls down amongst us in the midst of his church, we love those times when we literally see and feel his power touching people's lives, healing people, making all of the difference. But how many of us realize that generally speaking, there is a lack of that power in a lot of churches? There is a lack of that power in a lot of lives, Christian lives. Friends, most of us can't fly. All we seem able to do is muster up enough spiritual strength to scratch around on the ground. And I don't know about you this morning, but I get sick and tired of scratching around in all the dirt coming, and coming up with just a, a few leftover scraps of God's blessings. I want the best that God has to offer. Don't you this morning? Thank you. I want to see a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit here in this church of PCF. I want to see and be part of the great last day revivals that are already beginning to burst forth. It bursts forth in places like China and, and, and South America and in parts of Africa. 
And when I hear and read about many people who are beginning to read their Bibles, many people who are walking miles to come to church services, many people who, who, are, who are walking miles to come to prayer meetings, Many people who are giving up their hearts to Jesus and lives that are being changed and transformed, that's something to get excited about. Praise God. Today I don't know about you, but I want to grow those wings of the Holy Spirit. And I want to fly. I'm tired. Friends, I'm telling you, I'm tired of seeing God's people kicked around by the devil and every little imp in hell. I'm tired of seeing the influence, the influence of godly things in our society, in our schools, in our jobs, in our lives, eroded by the gods of this world. I'm tired of looking at a lot of our churches and seeing a church that is struggling. A church that hasn't adapted to these times. A church that is missing its people. A church that feels and looks a bit defeated. Can I say this morning, that's not God's church. Nowhere in the word of God do we see God being de- uh, the church being described in that shape. Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. So the church today, it needs a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to see the glory of God fall again and again and again on you and on you and on you. I want to see the spiritual gifts in operation in a far greater manner than we see now. I want to see new converts filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues after being born again and then made into new men and new women. That, my friends, is transformation. I love the story of this woman who testified to the transformation in her life that resulted in her becoming a Christian. She said, I'm so glad I became a Christian. I have an uncle who I used to hate so much that I vowed I would never go to his funeral. But now I'm a Christian. I'll go to his funeral anytime. (laughs) Friends, I've got to have a bit of humor, haven't we? Friends, the life of the church is not in our programs. It's not in our social events. It's not in our ability to dazzle people with our talents. The life of the church comes only through the anointing power of the Holy Spirit in it. So how do we get those wings, those holy wings that that make us want to lift us up? How do we become transformed with eagles and soar into the heights? Well, friends, the answer is found in our scripture reading today. Isaiah 40, verse 31. And it says this. But those who wait on the Lord. That's why we don't see the glory of God more than we do. It's because we have not waited on the Lord. 
The command for us is to wait for God to lead the way. It's like when Moses stood at the crossing of the Red Sea. He said to his people in Exodus 14, 13, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Can you imagine how difficult that was to just stand still and wait? When the great Egyptian army with 600 chariots was bearing down on them, they could see the great cloud of dust on the horizon. They could feel the ground shaking underneath with the thundering hooves of a thousand plus horses. Stand still? What do you mean stand still? Yes, Moses said, stand still and wait for God to do his work. And he did. Waiting is hard, isn't it, in our 21st century world today? Where life is at such a, a fast pace and we are all so busy, busy, busy. Someone called waiting the discipline of delay. And I think that's a really good title this morning. But when it is planned and ordered by God, waiting is never a waste of time. When God is shaping and preparing us for something that he wants us to do in our lives, it's not time lost, but time gained. The problem is this morning that we never seem to be able to recognize that waiting in our lives as being anything of a positive value. We see waiting as intrusion and inconvenience an interruption into our activities, into our busy lives. The traffic lights hold us up when nobody is coming in the other direction. It just does your head in. The long queue at the post office and at the tills at Aldi. It just can't believe it. The engaged signal on the phone. Or worse still, the canned music that comes down your ear hole. While you're waiting for someone to answer the phone, anybody please answer the phone. I hate canned music. This lady called BA and asked the reservation clerk, how long does it take to fly from Manchester to Rome? The clerk had to wait a moment to, for the information to come up on her screen. So she said, just a minute. The caller said, thanks, and put the phone down. <laughs> Most of the things that really happen in life do not happen in just a minute. They come to those who learn to wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord means, friends, really simply, let God be God. It means acknowledging God's lordship over our time and in our lives. Wait upon the Lord, therefore, and learn the lessons of patience. Man, I'm so bad at that. I really am. I've got no patience. You ask my wife, Sue. She's always saying to me, when I'm driving especially, <laughs> I won't tell you what she says to me, but I'm not good. I've held my hands up this morning. I'm not good, especially when I get behind a cyclist. <gasps> Sorry. Is Sue Reason here? 
got away with that one then, didn't I? <laughs> I want you to know this morning, it's not God's fault that we don't receive what we need. He doesn't come into our midst of his people empty-handed. God always shows up with every blessing that we need, with enough power and glory to fill every one of us to overflowing. It's us. We're the problem. It's our attitude towards being here at times and our failure to know what we're actually here for. We all like to hear and read about running but not getting weary. We all love the idea of never fainting or growing tired. But how many of us are waiting, are willing to pay the price to get the wings and be transformed to fly and to soar above the religious weariness all around us and get that spiritual power to run without growing tired. You know, friends, we should, and I'm being honest with you here now, we should count it as a privilege to come and, and an honor to come here to church into God's house to serve him. A privilege and an honor. Instead, there are plenty of God's people who count it as a duty. And that's why they only come out of obligation and not out of that heart of love that we all need. We should have enough spirituality about, uh, enough spirituality about us and a heart to say, like David in Psalm 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If we love our families or our friends, we don't have to be forced to serve them, do we? We do because we love them and because we were totally committed to them and we want to see them prosper. Not out of a sense of duty or obligation, but out of our heart of love. And that's how it should be when we come to church or enter his presence. We should come to God's house, friends, ready to praise him, ready to worship him, ready to serve him, seeking what he needs from us, seeking ways to give something back to him, seeking ways to serve God's people, and in doing so because we love to do it. So when we come together to serve the Lord, we should do so willingly. God's promise of rising on the wings of eagles is not for those who are not willing to wait upon him. Only those who truly serve the Lord with a sacrifice of praise and worship, only those who are willing to deny the, the desires of the flesh to wait upon the Lord, only those who are willing to be a used vessel in God's kingdom are given the promise of rising on eagles' wings. Now eagles, Josh, do not sit round. Look at that there. They don't sit round like a bunch of buzzards on a dead limb in the middle of a desert, waiting for something to walk past them and drop dead at their feet. Eagles don't hop from lily pad to lily pad not in their own little world, not using the wings that they have been given. Eagles build their nests in high places. Eagles build their nests 
in the heights. They live and dwell in the heights. Eagles are always flying high, soaring on their own wings without any effort, without exerting any energy, watching with their own perfected vision for something living and moving to show itself. Then they swoop down to get something fresh, fresh blessings for themselves. Have you ever noticed eagles don't fly in flocks? Every eagle flies alone and does its own swooping and making provision for its own nest. And if you want God's best, then we have to do our own waiting on the Lord. Remember, it's only those who wait who will grow wings for flying. It's only those who wait who will run and not be weary. It's only those who wait who will be able to walk the Christian walk without growing weary from the journey because it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us that gives us the strength to keep going and going and going and going despite what life will throw at us. Isn't it about time that we mount up with wings? Isn't it about time that we stop scratching in the dirt for a small morsel of blessing? Isn't it about time that we got under the waterfall, friends? And I'm saying the waterfall of God's blessings. Isn't it about time that we sprouted wings through the power of the Holy Spirit and started flying high in God? This Pentecostal Sunday... God wants to lift us all into higher places with him. God wants to lift us all into inaccessible places with him. But we must, before he can, we have got to learn how to wait upon the Lord. Start waiting right now, friends. Not only waiting, but watching and getting ourselves ready for his coming. In finishing, I'd like to to think about the humble bumblebee. Did you know that it's impossible for a bumblebee to fly? There is a branch of dynamics that deals with the motion of the air and the forces that act and cause flight. And they tell us that the aerodynamics of the bumblebee are not suited for flying. On paper, the maths formula tells us that the proportion of wing size to body size doesn't allow for suitable flying. The bee is basically too short and too fat, and its wings are not long enough to support flight. A bit like me. (coughs) But God made the bumblebee and told it to fly, and it has flown ever since. Isn't it a good job that the bumblebee doesn't understand human language? (laughs) Friends, this morning, I'm asking you now, let's not be like the buzzard, stuck in a pen because of the limitations that we place on ourselves. With blue skies just above, all we have to do is look up. Let's not be like the bat 
hopping around on the ground, hoping it can take off and find some direction in which to go in its life. Let's not be like the cockroach who has an ability to fly, but has never used it, can't be bothered, and probably doesn't even care. Let's not be like the lily hopper, jumping from one set of circumstances to another, never settling down, never getting involved, and never using the wings that God has given them. This morning, God is saying to you, friends, God is saying to us here in this church, God is saying to all you people online, wait on me. As a church, I know that we are looking to see where our journey will take us. Going north is our vision. This morning, God is saying to you, God is saying to you, wait on me and I will transform you. Friends, whatever our circumstances here this morning, whatever the situation that we are in, whatever it might be, this morning, God is saying to us, wait on me and I will transform you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the patience, Lord, that we need to just stand still and wait on you in our lives. And I know, Lord, that lives are so busy these days that we barely have time to think. But Lord, I am praying this morning that we will take time to wait on you because I know, Lord, that you want to give each and every one of us here wings to fly and to soar like the eagle. I ask that you bless everyone here today, my Lord. Amen. God bless you all.